Howdy y'all, and welcome to the June 19th episode of The Daily Grind. I'm your host, John Spencer, so grab a mug of your favorite brew and get ready to brew your brain with a rundown on today's date and some interesting historical facts. Sharpen your wit as I toss out just a few random musings to get your brain gears turning. Plus, I will offer up some thoughts to ponder to enrich our faith as we focus on our walk with Jesus. So, Let's get this show on the road. Well, it's that time on the Daily Grind to brew your brain. On June 19th, 1862, the U.S. Congress prohibited slavery in the United States territories, nullifying the Dred Scott v. Sanford decision. And on June 19th, In 1865, we mark the end of slavery in Texas at the end of the Civil War with what is now Juneteenth. In 1941, Cheery Oats, later renamed Cheerios, was invented. In 1960, the first NASCAR race was held at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And in 1964, on June 19th, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was approved after surviving an 83-day filibuster in the United States Senate. And on this Monday, June 19th, we celebrate Juneteenth. June 19th is also Martini Day, World Sauntering Day, and National Watch Day. Well, now it's that time on the Daily Grind to sharpen your wit. You know, today it's a serious thing to be a victim of hacking. But when you think about it, I bet in the Middle Ages, being a victim of hacking was a lot more Serious. My Lottie dog is smart. In fact, the other day I asked her what's two minus two. She said nothing. Did you know that the low frequency of a purr of the average house cat is about 26 hertz? Worldwide, More than 10% of marriages are between first and second cousins. And did y'all know that John Knoll, one of the inventors of Photoshop, also wrote Star Wars Rogue One? When I'm in my element, I will periodically tell science jokes. You know, when you really think about it, your accent is like your voice's font. Well, now it's that time on the Daily Grind to enrich our faith. 
I think I'm going to carry on talking a little bit longer about verses that we tend to take out of context. You know, one that I hear quite often um, is that when people say the truth will set you free, and that's true, you will find that phrase in the Bible. But, but in its bigger context, Jesus was really saying to his followers that if they loved him, and that, that they would know the truth, and the truth would set you free. You know, I think June 19th, Juneteenth is a really good example of the difference between the truth setting you free and knowing the truth and having it set you free. You know, slavery had been abolished. It had ended. That was truth. But there were a bunch of folks in Texas after the Civil War that still weren't free. And it wasn't until they knew that they had been liberated that they were truly free. And for us, I think there's really a deeper meaning too, because I believe that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father but through me. So when I know the truth, uh, I know a person, and his name is Jesus. You know, when I was going through chemotherapy and radiation, well-meaning brothers and sisters would take this verse from Romans 8, I think, out of context, um, and tell me that God would work all things together for the good. Now, I think that they meant well. I think they meant to comfort me and give me some solace because they could see that I was going through some hard times. Um, But I'm not sure that they were looking at that verse in its complete context. And quite frankly, they weren't quoting the whole thing. I think if we're going to, again, look at God's word, we shouldn't cherry pick and we for sure shouldn't cherry pick a part of a verse. Um, Romans 8.28 really says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Or another translation says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And I think one of the most ways we twist this verse is that we read it like, in all things, God works for the material good of everybody or the circumstantial good, you know, that, This will end and a better thing will coming that every cloud has a silver lining or when God closes a door, he opens a window. But, you know, his plan, you know, is for my temporal, immediate kind of benefit. It's amazing, really, what any of us can do to the scripture when we want to kind of form it into our own thoughts. But if you read that again, I think what you'll see is that this isn't talking about the good of all people, first of all. It says God's works. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. In other words, he's talking about believers. And what exactly is the good? 
that God works out for his people. Well, to do and find that, we need to look at the context. So this whole portion of the letter that Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome is about the difference between life in the flesh and life in the spirit. And when we get to verse 28, Paul has just finished writing about how our sin causes weakness that only belief in Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit can overcome. So before looking at the good, it's important to see what all things are that lead to this good in the first place. I think it's safe to say that the all things emphasizes really those adverse things that we experience that cause us weakness and suffering and struggle. And what good does God work through these experiences of weakness and suffering? Well, if you simply read ahead in the next verse, it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. So God uses these times and seasons of suffering and weakness and groaning and struggle it's it's all listed there boy in romans 8 18 through 29 to make us more like him the good that god promises to work out is is us becoming more like Jesus. That his ultimate plan is to conform us into the image of his son, Jesus. And I think that is why it is important to look at the context, define those terms. If you take this verse out of context and twist it a bit, you got a great verse about living your best life. But if you read it with all those surrounding verses, I think what you'll see really clear is that yet again, it's actually about God and his plan. And that if we love God, we can have a great confidence that the Holy Spirit, who is praying for us, well, that's in those verses too, uh, will allow us to see our suffering and our struggles as God's plan to conform us to the image of of Jesus instead of, I think what a lot of us do. And we use this to conform God into an image of ours. I want to thank you for joining me again on another episode of the daily grind. As we start week three of this podcast adventure. Again, I have a email link in the show notes. If you've got feedback or questions or a gentle rebuke, please let me know. And I would love to hear from you. Lord, I just want to thank you for the fact that you love us and that you promise that whatever we're going through right now in this present life, in our immediate circumstances, you promise that they just don't even compare to the glory that awaits us who love you and who have been first loved by you and 
chosen by you and that Lord, that you are constantly working. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is praying for us and that you're about the business of transforming us all who love you and are following you into the image of your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that I pray this morning. Amen. Hey, I'll see y'all tomorrow on the Daily Grind.